Welcome to Education Currents, a show designed to provide educational news and commentary from a Christian worldview. The greatest resource any community has is its children. And by providing for them the best possible education, we are providing for ourselves and future generations. Join us as we explore the latest social and political issues surrounding education today. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Providence and Juliet, and they are students from Oklahoma Academy. You're welcome to go to oklahomaacademy.org. That's their website to learn more. But I thought, let's, you know, we've heard from the principal and the president, and I thought maybe we could really get the true story from the students. I love students myself. I teach high school and elementary, middle school, whatever. I have students that will be coming to school in just a few weeks, but not to a boarding school. And a lot of parents hesitate to send their kids to a boarding school, so at some point I'd like to address how your parents came to the decision to allow you. But I'm going to let First Providence, if you would just give us a little bio. When did you come to Oklahoma Academy and... Just a little bit about yourself, maybe how many siblings you have in your family. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, for me, I came to Oklahoma Academy when I was a freshman about four years ago. And uh, I previously had sister and some brothers who went to Oklahoma Academy. And that's pretty much how my parents made the decision. They saw the, the spiritual growth in their lives, and they wanted that for me as well, even if it meant that I would have to leave my friends uh, where I was. They, they wanted me to have a better connection with God. And, yeah. So where does your family come from? My, fa- my family comes from Rwanda in Africa. But I mean, where were they sending you from? Did oh. they send you from Rwanda? No, they sent me from Georgia. Georgia, all the way to Oklahoma. There's no academies closer to Georgia? There are plenty <laughs> of academies closer to Georgia. Maybe you can just share to us... They chose Oklahoma Academy for all of their children because? Because of the spiritual aspect. Uh, when we, we had a principal that used to work at Oklahoma Academy, and they told us about how great of a school it was when they came to work at this new school. And my parents were really excited. They sent my sister first. She graduated. Then they sent my other brother. They graduated. And they were just really excited about the entire experience when they went to go visit Oklahoma Academy they saw like the atmosphere around the students around the teachers it was just one of heaven kind of and they wanted that for me as well yeah I think parents now want they will they will spend a huge amount of money and resources to ensure that their children have the best spiritual and academic experience and so that's why a boarding school still attracts from all over okay now I'm going to Juliet okay so Juliet share with us why you're going to Oklahoma Academy so my parents and Provi's parents are really close we're actually cousins and when he was going to be a freshman my brother was going to be a junior So we were moving to Texas, and my mom thought it would be a good idea to send Jules to this academy that we've been hearing so much about from Providence's mom. And so my brother went, and he graduated from there. 
and my parents loved the school and my brother had a complete 180 um, from who he was to the person he was when he graduated and they wanted that spiritual change for myself and so yeah right after my brother graduated that next August I was put into Oklahoma Academy. You are a family with seven children. We are. So I am the last of seven. I like to say I'm the perfect child, you know. <laughs> Seven's a perfect number. But all of our uh, siblings are grown, and they are off. One is in D.C., one is in England, and they're all doing very different things. But um, only my brother and I are the ones who went to Oklahoma Academy. And it seems like we're the ones that are um, really searching for God earnestly. And I think that has a lot to do with the Oklahoma Academy. I have heard that. I have heard that with other schools, uh, families that said, you know, we sent our children to public school, but the last two, we decided to send them to a Christian school. And, and the difference in their lives is amazing. Sometimes as teachers, we don't see it so much. You know, we, we do see what wonderful students you are, and we certainly feel that that Pygmalion effect where we expect wonderful things from you and we see the wonderful things already and we see what you can be. We think that does have an impact, but we don't always have the ability to compare siblings within a family where some siblings went to a Christian school and some siblings didn't and how that impacts. So that's a great thing that you brought out. Okay, going back to Providence, just tell us about some of the courses or programs that you're involved in? Okay, well, um, would you like me to start from freshman year? or? Sure. Okay, so freshman year, I had the opportunity to join Bell Choir. So the community of Bell Choir in itself is just wonderful, fantastic. A bunch of musicians coming together and praising God with bells. It's, it's fantastic. And I also was able to join choir and chorale, and I was able to join... Um, numerous other things that they had around the school and up till last year I was in Bell Choir uh, for all four years but then we went to Cuba and we were we we felt the need to like we felt God pre putting on our heart to give them a Bell Choir because all the kids at the end of the concert would see us and they would want to come and play with these magnificent instruments and so our, our, our leader our director had this uh, pressing, this burning in our heart to give them uh, a bell choir. And so we did. And we left them there when we came back um, from Cuba. We didn't have anything to play anymore. And it was kind of just this gap on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But luckily, God is still providing and we're waiting for a, a, new, a new bell choir this next year. For so you are waiting for a new set of bells, Schumerick. Yes. And uh, five octaves would be great. Mallets. You have tables still? Or did you leave the tables too? We have tables, yeah. We gave okay. them another pair of t tables. Okay, so, you know, if you know of a church that has some bells, the older bells have a much better sound than the newer bells, so we're not opposed to an old set of bells. Schumerick has a better sound, according to my opinion, than Malmark, but. Yeah. Mallmark is good too. And uh, there you have it, OklahomaAcademy.org. You can just go there and contact somebody and give them uh, money for the bells or give them a set of bells. I mean, this is, 
really a sad scenario, but yet we know God is going to provide. Amen, yeah. Well, that is a great, um, a, that's a great testimony to what this school is doing for you and the love that this, the, obviously the faculty have for you and the outreach that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I know we are coming to the end of our first half of the show, but I wondered if you could just share a little bit what else you did in Cuba. Uh, well, Juliet and I were both speakers. Uh, we had six different cities that we went to and six different speakers, six different health talks. We had health expos. And really, it was just a mission of sacrifice, showing them what Christ has done in our lives. Uh, many of us speakers have testimonies. Many of the children's leaders have testimonies. It was, it was magnificent. So what we'll do is we have to take a break right here, but when we come back... I would like you to take turns sharing your testimonies about Cuba. We'll be right back. Over 1.5 million Americans are diagnosed with cancer every year. What these people need most is hope for their journey. The body of Christ can provide real hope. Our journey of hope is an amazing opportunity for believers to stand in the gap of one of the greatest needs in our nation. There are open doors for the goodness, the grace, and the gospel of Jesus Christ to work in the lives of millions of Americans. Sybil was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Despite great challenges, she and her husband placed their hope in God. Cancer patients have to work against unbelievable odds for the possibility of survival. And at the end of that is predicated upon the ability to be hopeful and to believe in a higher power, something that extends beyond you. And in this particular case, we're talking about the faith and the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sybil and her husband are not alone on their journey. Their church family has come alongside to support them every step of the way. It's part of being part of the body of Christ where when one part suffers, we all suffer. And I want to tell you, we've learned to love more and care more because of the difficulty you guys have had. And since seeing you guys, I have a whole new outlook and I have a whole lot of new advice for anyone with cancer in our church. They need someone to stand with them and to hold their hand, to wipe the sweat from their forehead, to dry the tears from their eyes, and say that tomorrow potentially can be a better day. When you have people that support you and lift you up, like here, your family in the body of Christ, it helps you get through that. It helps you to fight that battle. And I I don't know how people get through it without it. Our journey of hope is the ministry of love, hope, and encouragement. We provide pastors and ministry leaders with the tools, training, and support to create effective cancer care ministries in their churches and communities. You have an opportunity to minister to the world in a way that maybe you've never done so that will allow your ministry to expand its reach and its growth in your local communities. The first step in launching a cancer care ministry is to attend a cancer care leadership training held throughout the year. During this two-day workshop, you will receive the training and the resources needed to start a cancer care ministry in your church. 
Using our biblically-based cancer care ministry curriculum, you will be able to equip and empower members of your congregation to meet the spiritual and practical needs of those dealing with cancer. Once training is complete, your team of cancer care ministers will bring hope to those who are hurting. Greater love has no man than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. You'll know you're his disciples because of your love for one another. And I think that's what signifies the body of Christ and what the church ought to be. Visit OurJourneyOfHope.com to learn more about starting a cancer care ministry in your church. Like a little child, the toddler stood looking out at the waves. He seemed mesmerized. As he dashed toward the water, his father followed. As the waves rolled toward him, the toddler ran back. Then he noticed the two-foot cliff of sand behind him. He ran to it and tried to climb up, but with every tiny foothold, the sand gave way. He tried harder, grabbing the top of the cliff with his hands and then going to another part of the cliff. It was no use. With frustration, he cried and flung himself at the cliff, face into the sand. He wanted up, but how? His father came behind him and carved some steps out of the sand. The toddler still needed his feet guided into the etched steps, and his father held his hands under the toddler's feet to ensure that he would make it to the top. In two seconds, the toddler was at the top and running on the smooth plateau of sand with his father running behind him. I watched this spiritual experience between father and son, the toddler's sense of self-accomplishment, and the father's amusement. Like a little child, the spiritual journey of infants and toddlers. For more information, go to educationcurrents.org. Welcome back. I'm here with two students from Oklahoma Academy, and you can go to their website, oklahomaacademy.org. I'm here with Providence and with Juliet, and I promised you that we would hear some testimonies of a recent trip that they had taken to Cuba. We already heard that they felt impressed to give away their whole bell set. You know, that's thousands of dollars worth of bells. They've just given it away, and the students sadly came back and did not have any bells to play for the class but they know God is leading and I I know God is leading too so we're going to move on to some testimonies and we're going to start with Juliet share with us one of your testimonies you were a speaker at a at this Cuba mission outreach evangelistic thrust that you did into Cuba well one uh, testimony I was reminded of this morning when I was doing my devotions is that one evening we were going to the topic of our sermon series was the millennium about the thousand years um, that we will be in heaven with Jesus and our translator told us you know 
On the day that we preach about the millennium, something bad always happens. Well, it turns out that afternoon, it rained the hardest it had rained the entire time we were there. It was pouring down rain. And, you know, in Cuba, transportation is not like it is here. You can't just hop into your car or take the bus. Um, the mode of transportation was a horse and a buggy. So it would be very difficult for the people to come to the meeting and the kind of mud that was outside. And it was hard for people to walk outside in the rain. Nobody does. Everything stops in Cuba when it rains. And we were just praying, God, please have a way for the people to come to the Bible or to the meeting tonight. Lord, please stop the rain. And so about 20 minutes before the meetings to start, we usually play music to announce the beginning. And there was nobody. But the rain had stopped. God, God had answered our prayers. And the people finally came. And we were able to have the meetings. And all those who had wanted to have Bible um, baptism at the end of the week, they were all present. They all could make it. And right as we were ending the meeting and we were greeting everybody saying goodnight, that's when the rain started again. And it just showed that God was with us. He was blessing what we were doing. And he had a purpose for our meetings. He had a purpose, a plan for um, that. To everyone yeah. to know about that special topic that, you know, we teach. Yes. Wonderful. I love it. I feel my heart just, you know, burning within me when I see young people preaching this great message. Jesus is coming soon. Okay, Providence, your turn. So as Juliet mentioned, we were uh, teaching about the Adventist doctrines. And every night for me as a speaker, it almost felt as though Satan had some kind of hold on me. My mental capacity it just wasn't there i couldn't think properly every time i would say something it's like i couldn't foresee what i was going to say and so every night i prayed beforehand as i just said god i don't know where this night is going to go but i hope that you lead and, and many of the people there were sometimes really tired after going to work all day it was very hot in the evening so that could that aided in their fatigue and Sometimes some people would be falling asleep and it would it would just hurt me because I, I was very saddened. I felt like I was here for no reason. But I, I know the nights, one night we sang a song called With All Your Heart. And when we sang that song, I really felt rejuvenated. And there's like this really cold rush that came over my body. And I started speaking and it's... Even though I couldn't think of what was what I was going to say beforehand, it's as if God just took it away and m made the best of the situation. And when we and that song really reminds me of the verse uh, in our weakness, God is great. Um, so I will glory in my weaknesses. And when I was weak, I really saw God come forth in a spectacular way. I was astonished myself. When I was speaking, I was blown away by the words I was saying because I, that wasn't from me. I was blown away. I mean, is there any way you, you, you two could sing a little bit of that song? Just uh, Sure. Um, but I was a tenor and she was an alto. I don't know if we have the melody part. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, but it might be interesting. I, I've just never heard this song, so I don't know what it would sound like. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any melodies here? I mean, any sopranos here? No. 
But I, I think I know the melody enough. Do you know alto? Okay. Let's okay, try. just give us a little bit. Okay, one, two, three. Here I stand, holding fast to faithfulness. The heart that's turned to righteousness. And then the guys come in, but uh, we'll skip to the the. Okay, the, the chorus. The yeah. So, trust in him. Yeah. Trust in him. Every plan you make, he will direct you. Lean on him. Trust in him alone to make your path straight. I don't remember the words. Oh, that sounded bad. No, that's that's wonderful. Um, our listeners actually love. The the, uh, the spontaneity that even though we're pre-recorded and he'll touch it up a bit, you know, to make it sound good. But thank you so much. So no you you'd sung that song. God obviously connect the Holy Spirit connected with your mind as you as you spoke. And were you together in a team? No, different cities. Different cities. Wow. Groups so. of. For my group, we had six people in our group. Sometimes it feels safer if you have more people, but yeah. you get you do cover more territory when you split up like that. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that was the reason for the putting into teams like that. So after you would speak, then you would come all back together again in the evening? So actually, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> we were... And some of us were like five hours away, oh, like eight wow. hours away from each other. And so it was really hard to, for us to convene. But um, we were in, you know, groups of like five or six in each group. And we would all come together each evening. But I didn't see Provi for like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very long. So when you got together, then you had all these stories to share and experiences. Yeah. And so in addition to the preaching did you do any did you do any um let's see mission work you traditionally think of building something or uh, did you do any of that the, or the, it was just it was just preaching uh, for the two weeks it was just preaching but the senior class my class we stayed a, a week extra and we were able to do some work with the world youth group and help build and help paint keep the buildings looking nice very good, very good. Thank you so much. I know we're coming to the end of the show, but is there any one last thing that you would like to maybe encourage other people to come to to Oklahoma Academy or to go on a mission trip or some words of inspiration for other young people your age? I would say look into um, Oklahoma Academy, look into missions, but most of all look to Jesus. You know, that is the what we're all working towards and for me Oklahoma Academy was a step coming closer to Christ and so maybe for some people that Oklahoma Academy won't be that step and you know that's okay too but there are lots of opportunities Um, there's so many programs we have here like Youth for Jesus or Cole Portering or doing mission trips just find an outlet where you can serve people 
find an environment where they're encouraging you to serve people and to serve Christ, and that will make all the difference. Thank you so much, Providence, and thank you, Juliet. And I have one last thing to say, and that is God bless. Thank you. God bless you, too. You have been listening to Education Current, a production of MRG Media Ministries. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.